0: Hello. Firstly, I wanted to say happy Mother's Day to everyone and a special happy Mother's Day to my mum who's come along this morning. Um, My name's Sarah and I am lucky enough to be the mum for three little kids. I've got Tom who's five and a half, don't forget the half of course. Uh, there's Hamish, who's four, and I've got little Rosie, who's one. And I was lucky enough that they made me pancakes this morning for breakfast. I hope some of you got breakfast in bed as well. All right. I've got a, a question here. What I love about mothering, well, there are so many things. There's the h- hugs and the kisses and that sense of connection. But I think the thing that I love the most are those unexpected moments of joy, and I think some of you will hopefully will understand what I mean by that. They're those moments where your heart feels like you might break because they've come out of nowhere. And there was a time this week when I remember it had been one of those days and Hamish, my middle one, who's never been a good sleeper, it was just fast turning into one of those evenings where he just didn't want to go to sleep and he was asking for hugs He was asking for drinks of water. He came out of his room about four or five times and we were really at our wits end. It was meant to be our time. We wanted to watch Netflix, like, come on, go to sleep. And then out of desperation, we brought him out and I sat him on my lap beside the fire in our armchair and I just cuddled him and quite quickly he fell asleep. And then it just all went away, the whole day just washed away and my heart was just filled with this love for him and I just went, oh, this is why I'm a mum. And then as we were tucking him into bed that night, my husband was helping, he turned to me, my husband, and he said, you love them best when they're unconscious but breathing. (laughs) I thought, yeah. Um, Next question what have I found most challenging about being a mum? Oh, there are just so many things. The lack of sleep, the questions that you have, am I doing it right? Is the colour of the poo, is it meant to be this colour? Why aren't they sleeping? Should I feed them this? There are so many questions. And then there's the to-do list. And I, I think this is the thing that I find the most challenging. It's this never-ending to-do list you've always got things to do there's always cooking there's always cleaning there's always the laundry there's always the planning and thinking about day sleeps school pickups kinder pickups play group there's just the list goes on and on and it just sometimes just feels never-ending I remember when this really first hit home when my husband and I were planning and really excited for our first holiday as a family when Tom was just born. He was only two months old and I'd done this holiday since I was a baby. So I was really looking forward to this holiday. I knew what to expect and we got there and I was really excited and then it hit me. Wait a sec, this to-do list has come with me. I don't leave it at home like when I was working and I got to leave my to-do list at home. I had to bring that to-do list with me. I still had to feed him. I still had to get up in the middle of the night. I still had to work around his sleep times. I still had to change his nappy. The list just continued, and I think that's the thing I find the most challenging and sometimes completely overwhelming. Just this week, I think most weeks, to be honest, I'll ring my husband... In tears, and I'll just say, I'm done. I'm done for today. When you get home, we're having takeaway. I cannot think of what to cook for dinner. I cannot think anymore. My head is full. The list has overwhelmed me today. And thankfully, he says yes. (laughs) Um, If there was one area of mothering that I would like reassurance, it would be I think it's that question Am I doing this right? There is just so much information out there. You should do it this way, you should do it that way, you should do controlled crying, no, you should do co-sleeping. Only feed organic foods and foods without preservatives and foods without additives and there's just so much information, there's so much talk between parents at playgroup, which is great, but there's just so much comparison and I think I think sometimes it can be overwhelming and you just question, am I doing it right? what am I doing this for? And um, it can sometimes just, you need that little bit of reassurance that, yes, it is, and in some ways, you probably won't know until they're adults. Um, My experience of motherhood has opened up my understanding of God's. I thought a lot about this question, and I think for me, it would be creation, and God is our creator. When you first find out you're pregnant, and you download that app that tells you week by week what your fetus, what the baby is doing and growing and what size it is and if it's the size of a pea and then it's the size of a grape and then it's the size of an apple and you're getting really excited. I was really overwhelmed by this sense of how fragile life is but also how predictable and planned and precise it is that there is a maker behind it all and it really just opened up my eyes to god's amazing creation and the life that is there that he has that he has made and i find real comfort in that that i know that um god has planned and designed us and that i know that things will happen in a certain predictable way because they happen like that for every single person in the world Uh, um and yeah um I spent some time this week asking God to speak to me to me about my mothering and I sensed him say this one's a little bit amusing so I sat down like Troy asked me to earlier in the week and all I could sense God saying to me was you're doing okay and I was like oh and I just sort of waited left it because I wasn't really happy with that answer So I was dissuaded and all I could sense God saying was, you're doing okay, you're doing okay. And I was like, "Mm, really? Because if anyone knows me, I am competitive and a perfectionist and doing okay is not really cutting it with me. Um, I want an A plus, please, God. Like, what's this about? Like, why am I only doing okay? And so I thought about it some more and then it hit me. That's what God was trying to tell me. He doesn't need me to be the best mum out there. He doesn't need me to get A pluses. He doesn't need me to feed them organic food all the time. He doesn't need me to read every book. He's blessed me with three children and those three children with me and that is enough. That is all I need to know and that is all I need to grasp, that I have three children and I am enough. I am their mother. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm Kyle. Stools are high. (laughs) And slippery. (coughs) Well, you'll catch me, won't you? Yeah, of course. Thanks. My mum is as quick as a whip. She can supply a reason for why not in a microsecond. Oops. Don't slip.
2: My mum is as reliable as a German train. <laughs> They're very reliable. <laughs> they are. I'm an, I'm an engineer. They know, I know. Um, She'll drop everything to support you whenever you
3: need. My mum uh, was a magician and is a magician. But just with a click of her fingers, she could turn nine very grass-stained cricket whites, tomato sauce-stained cricket whites into very nine unstained cricket whites and they'd be ready the next day all ironed and perfect.
1: My mum's superhuman power is her ability to clean me up. I had initially written clean but then I thought I might get a few angry letters in the mail. But to clean me up. I remember a time when travelling from Geelong to the MCG to watch a Carlton game... We got stuck in bumper to bumper traffic on the Westgate Bridge. I have a very delicate digestive system, and in stop start traffic, I feel like it's at its worst. My mum managed to clean my Stephen Kernahan number no. four jersey, my pants, and my shoes, as well as my sister, who attempted to prevent the cascade by holding out her hands. But they don't have a sister's day, so I couldn't say it on that one. Uh, in time for us to see the first bounce, and with no lagging stomach stench.
2: Just leaving a pause so that gonna... <laughs> I. My mum's superhuman ability, uh, superhuman power, is her incredible organisation ability. Um, She she can think through and solve a logistics problem before you even get to the end of of explaining it to her. Uh, And I think it's the reason why, um, uh, as kids, you know, she held down a full-time job and yet still managed to do all the things that mothers need to do to, you know, satisfy all their kids' whims.
3: My mum's uh, superhuman power was producing boys. Um, (laughs) LAUGHTER she produced uh, nine boys in a row um, without any girls. And uh, one time, the Herald Sun put out an article that said the lady had just given birth to her eighth boy and said, we believe this to be a record in this country. And uh, I read it and thought, it's not even a record in my own house. <laughs> When my mum caught me
1: doing the wrong thing, she would say something like, particularly when sisters were involved, you don't know your own strength, and then send me to my room until I was sorry. And I was also banned from Power Rangers after that. So, Now that I'm older, I realise that drawing angry eyebrows on your prep school photo during a tantrum is a dumb idea, and they don't ever come off.
2: When my mum caught me doing the wrong thing, she would... So I've got a blank here because I, I didn't. I never did the wrong
4: thing.
3: <laughs> oh, now, hang on. It says caught me. All oh, right, OK. Uh, when my mum caught me doing the wrong thing, she would calmly, very calmly, send me to Dad.
1: <laughs> uh, when I hurt myself, my mum would get the Savlon and a Band-Aid. I remember a time when mum picked me up early from my first youth group event as a leader. I'd had my nose punched across my face during a sumo suit wrestle. She gave me two Panadine, an ice pack, and some wonderful sympathy as she drove me to emergency.
2: When I hurt myself, my mum would pick me up and uh, tell me just to get on with it, which is, I think, the right
3: attitude. I'd say the same. She never would catastrophise anything feel judged for that now. <laughs>
1: it, it was across my face. I couldn't breathe properly. That's surgery. <laughs> uh, mothering can be a thankless task. Now that I'm older, I can see all, that all our arguments and times when she was so unfair were all times when she was demonstrating her love and care for me showing me the importance of making good choices and valuing myself.
2: Mothering can be a thankless task. Now that I'm older, I can see the incredible lengths she went to to give me a happy childhood and that I feel certain of her love for me.
3: Now that I'm older, I can see that Mum is the most selfless person I have met.
1: If there was something I wish I'd said more to my mum when I was growing up, it would be, I don't consider stationery to be a birthday present. No, I would not like to journal our holidays.
2: I'll just have a footy or basketball, please. If there's something I wish I'd said to my mum when I was growing up more, it would be... Uh, so I thought about this. Um, uh, I, I, re- I think I'm really only starting to appreciate the uh, mental load that mothers um, take on, if that, if that structure means sense. So a- as a kid, I wish I'd asked, um, uh, you, you know, what I could do to help more. Because I think, um, you know, it's only after a while that you think, yeah, what can our
3: kids do? XYZ um, I think I would have liked to have told her that my name is is Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not um, it's not uh, John, Michael, Stephen, Tim, Chris, Martin. What's your name? Yeah. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mum! <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mum! Happy Mother's Day, Mum!
5: I don't think I want to follow that. <laughs> um, hi, my name's Bron, and I am ooh, sorry, shorter than the others. Um, I'm a mum to three as well. I have Grace, who's nine, Josie, who's seven, and Harry, who is five. I'm also a girl. I'm also a wife. I'm also a daughter. And a Jesus follower. I'm also a friend and um, I'm also a primary school teacher. I'm also coming from a family of really easy criers. My mum's sitting down here in tears already, and all I've done is sat up here. Um, so <laughs> I have my tissue in my hand because at the nicest word or pupil of the week or whatever it is, I burst into tears. So forgive me if I do. Um, so. Mothering for me has been very much an up and down journey. Uh, we, the early days were filled with three children or babies who had reflux. Uh, they screamed and cried a lot. Uh, they also didn't like going in the car for the first 18 months of their lives. That was not just one, that was three. Um, so it made going anywhere quite difficult. That plus the repetitiveness of, um, you know, who needs a feed, who needs a sleep, who needs calming down, what needs cleaning up, some days it just felt like a a really, really long tunnel. Um, I'm pleased to say that I feel like that has started to ease now, that they're um, getting bigger. I feel like Pete and I can um, spend time doing things that we really enjoyed doing before we had them but including them in that and there's a lot of joy in being able to go for hikes or camping, cooking, doing puzzles, board games, all those things that we really love doing. So, it's nice to be able to say that I feel like those sort of days are behind us and I know that people say little people, little problems, big people, big problems. I know that's coming, but for now, I'm just enjoying the where we're at with that. Um, as a mum, I love it when you get a glimpse of what you hope they might be when they grow up. Um, Oftentimes it feels like mothering is like being a coach and you get them to practice a skill over and over and over again and hopefully it will become automatic. Um, I've got this piece of paper here. I received this on my bed about three weeks ago from Grace. It says... (laughs) Dear Mum, I know you've had some hard times with Harry, so I just wanted to say thank you for taking us to Port Douglas. We've just been on a holiday. Um, And for the snorkels, I also wanted to say thank you for the clothes you bought for us and for the birthday party you planned for us as well. Thank you you from Grace. P.S. I'll pray for you this week. Stop it. Hang on. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um... It warms my heart reading that and I've actually read it a lot of times because the things that we talk about in our family are showing care and concern for others, showing gratitude empathy and you know when you see Harry hit one of the girls you're like oh far out, what are we doing but when you read that and you think oh hopefully that might become an adult one day I think yes, go team steel. Um, So I mentioned earlier that mothering was really hard and it was. Um, I actually ended up suffering from anxiety attacks and because of that, with some personal issues, I ended up seeking some support from a counsellor. Um, I f- just had periods of feeling really lost. I felt like I'd lost who I was in amongst being a mum. When Pete would take the kids and say, here, have some time um, to do something for you, I would be like, oh, I'd I uh, don't know what I like anymore. Um, I'd often also feel really trapped and like I had no choice, that there was this responsibility that no matter what, I had to get up, I had to look after them and I had to make sure that they were okay. Um, so I've worked really hard on restoring balance um, through working with the counsellor and through making sure I have time for myself, through communicating with Pete about shared responsibility and um, just looking out a bit being a bit more selfish I suppose and looking out for myself a bit more I feel like the balance has restored which is a yay I'm glad for that. Um, So how does God fit into all of this? Well I'm a perfectionist and I'm a pleaser and I've had to learn that I'm not perfect, I'm not a perfect mum, I can't be a perfect mum and God doesn't expect me to be a perfect mum. Um, And there are going to be things that I'm going to do that are going to affect my kids, for good or bad. But God's unconditional love covers all of the mistakes that I'm going to make. And that, for me, gives me reassurance. It also means that hopefully if they come to know God, that they're going to have the best supporter on their sides when they're dealing with it, whether it's good or bad, Um, And also I was reminded today um, when Harry came to me he was really upset about something this morning that I am his safe place and for my children I am their safe place whether it's for good things or for bad things they feel comfort in me and I feel that for God and I really hope and pray for my children that one day they'll have that as well that in God there is a safe place there. All right, so here's where I'm going to burst into tears. <laughs> so for me, reassurance is, am I doing okay? That's it. <laughs> um, sorry. Mom I blame you for this. <laughs> it's in my genes. When I stop and listen to God, my message from him is often the same thing and it's a message of reassurance. I see you, Bron. You have a good heart. I am here and it's going to be okay. Thanks.
6: that stage. My name's Yvonne and I am the mother of three boys. Charlie, who is seven, and Jack, Oliver, who is eight, nine, ten, I don't know, I'm not sure, Uh, and Jack, who's, I'm not sure either, but he's a high schooler now. I think he's 12, yeah, 12. Uh, What I love about mothering is their growing independence. Um, Listening to the other mums talk about little ones, and that's just a really hard stage, and I love the stage my children are at where they want to learn from me, and I love Jack's stage in particular where he's a high schooler now and he's started acting like it. The other day, he needed some repairs on his bike, so I rang up the bike shop and told them he was coming, and on his way home from school, he dropped his own bike in, he told them what was wrong with it, they rang me and they said he he was very grateful. Grown up and he told us everything. Then he walked home and the next day he went back and he picked it up. And I just loved his independence and his grown-upness. It's really, really great. And this morning, when he said Happy Mother's Day, it came out like this. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) It was really cool. And Dave and I looked at each other and went, whoa. (laughs) Uh, What I found most challenging about motherhood is expectations. Uh, not just expectations that I put on myself, but expectations that I think other people are putting on me that they're really not, that I'm just putting on them to put on me. Uh, I sometimes think that uh, I have to be more than what I really am and juggling uh, being a mum who's working and being a mum who's at home and all of the things that I have to juggle and a bit like some of the others said, the expectations. Uh, But I do think that I probably put most of them on myself, but it is a bit of a juggle. if there was an area of my mothering that I would need some reassurance well there's two things I only had one written down but I've come up with a new one this morning I left my children at home I actually left my children at home this morning. My kids uh, wanted to perhaps come with Nanny this morning, but we didn't tell her, and Dave said that they were going to go with Nanny, and I assumed that he'd told her, and she didn't know anything about it, and we all left, and then she arrived this morning, and I said, where are the kids? And she said, with you. (laughs) And I said, no, they're not. They're with you. And she said, no, they're not. (laughs) And I rang them. They're at home watching cartoons by themselves but the other area that I really need some reassurance other than just like epic failing mum oh they're here now Dave went and got them it's all okay um but the other area that I need reassurance is, is in the area of screens. I, I thought about it a lot and I, I sometimes think that I'm failing dismally when it comes to screens and my children. I'm sitting on my phone and I'm reading all these articles about how screens are so terrible for our children's brains and I'm reading all about how really bad it is and I look up from my phone and my children are all on their iPads I just keep scrolling... <laughs> So I really need some reassurance that I'm not failing dismally when it comes to screens because it's really hard to work out what's a good balance because their friends are playing this game and it's all really important for them to be able to play it online at the same time and I'm the no mum and they don't love it uh, and it's a really big juggle. My experience of motherhood has opened up my understanding of God's deep love for me. There's a moment at which I look at my children and go, man, could I possibly love them anymore? And God's voice whispers over the top, imagine how much I love you then. Or when I'm watching them achieve something and I just have such a great sense of, man, this is so good. They are really thriving in life. And then God says, that's all I ever want for you too. And he whispers that over the top. So every time I experience something with my children, God just seems to whisper over the top of it, That's my heart for you. That's my desire. That's what I want for you. Imagine how much more I care. I spent some time this week asking God to speak to me about my mothering. And a bit like the other mums, I sensed God say, You're enough. And a bit like Sarah King, I'm like, enough, come on, surely I'm a little bit more than enough. Um, So we had a little argument, God and I, and he did. He said, you're enough, you are enough in what you're doing. And and I say to him, but sometimes I'm failing because I'm busy, busy working and and it's only going to get busier with work and I don't feel like I'm enough. And he says, you are enough. And then I say, I'm busy with my kids and I'm doing all the things that I need to do to be 100% mum and I feel like I'm failing at my job and he says, you're enough. And, And so I guess I just have to trust him that he's enough. And then at the end, he says to me, and by the way, I've provided you with a village and you need to let your village help. So a little while ago, I had to go on a retreat and it was four days and it was four days away from work and family and house and all of those things. And when I came back, they'd survived quite well. They were all still clothed, they were alive, they were fed, nothing had been done wrong and when I walked in the door, my mum, who's here today, said to me, I put a load of washing on and I instantly felt like a failure because, oh, that's my job, I'm supposed to be doing everything. But God says to me, no, you're enough and I've given you a village and you're going to have to trust the people around you to help you to be all the other bits that you're not.
4: Good morning, my name's Heather, I am the mother of two girls in their early 30s, so I think I'm the token grandma here. Um, I asked one of the girls what, how they would rate my parenting style when I heard I was going to talk today, and she said, brutal, <laughs> and I was horrified. And she went on to explain well, other kids at school opened their lunchbox and there was a little note from mum saying, I love you, dear. Have a wonderful day. And I said, If you don't like what's in your lunchbox, make your own. <laughs> so I guess I was pretty brutal. What I loved about mothering, I loved the surprises. Some people have already said that. The lovely smiles, the making, when they became teenagers, it was even better. Um, The making of lemon meringue pie as a surprise. Rare, but did happen. Uh, The bringing home of a lovely sewing box that was handmade and actually nice. And I've still got it, and it hasn't been culled in the uh, moving to an apartment stage. So that's good. What I find challenging about motherhood. (laughs) Lots of things, as everyone else has said. The hardest thing was keeping my cool. I used to get so frustrated. A friend told me about a time that I had almost forgotten about. When they came round for lunch and I would made a chocolate cake for dessert. So we all had some chocolate cake. And then we sat down to chat and the kids went to play. And I heard this little voice, ''Mom, can I have another piece?'' ''No, dear, you've had one.'' Five minutes later, ''Mom, you only gave me a small piece.'' please can I have another one? No. And this went on for some time. And in the end, I got up and I said, all right, come over here. You can have another piece. And she said, I don't want one. (laughs) And I was so frustrated. Um, Another thing was, when I had the children, I decided to stay home for a while. But I got a bit bored. So I We were living in the country, and I got involved in CWCI, which is Christian Women Communicating International. And they run events, particularly in country areas, for women. So at certain times of the year, as secretary, I was quite busy. I had to go and collect pie warmers and book event places and uh, get everything together for the speaker and book their accommodation and so on. And it was busy, but only a couple of times in the year. And one evening I was home getting dinner ready and I heard the girls say, let's play house. And one of them said, I'll be the mum. And I listened, I thought, this will be interesting. And after a while she says, no, I've got to do this for CWCI, so sit there and get a toy out and be quiet. (laughs) And I thought, I've stayed home to mother. (laughs) Maybe I should have gone to work. (laughs) And another... A time when I I found things really challenging was when we were living overseas and we'd been home to Australia for Christmas and had a long break. Gone back to Europe and July and August was another school break. So we were home again. We were living in France, uh, in Alsace, in a very pretty region. And I thought, this is too long a break for the children without school. I know, I'll homeschool them. Now this was pre-internet. So I went and got a book that had some local info on it and I made some worksheets and I planned a couple of weeks' work, school work for them and I took them down to the canal and I gave them this worksheet and we sat there for a while and chatted and they started to do this worksheet and then one of them looked up and said, you know, I don't care about Leonardo da Vinci and his stupid canals or his lock system. I don't want you to homeschool us. You're a a mum, you're not our teacher. And I thought, what a failure here. (laughs) So we gave that up, and I think I gave them a journal to write, but they didn't do that either. (laughs) An area of motherhood where I would have liked to have been reassured about. Well, Jim and I are Christians, and the biggest wish for our children was that they would have a living faith in a loving God. But I came to realize that we can't actually guarantee that. And God doesn't guarantee that for us. We can make lots of good opportunities for our kids, but in the end, it's their choice. And so I had to put that out there, that it was their choice. So kids, think about it. It is your choice whether you become a committed Christian or not. But what I did notice and what I was reassured about was what Vivonne just talked about, about the fierce love that you have as a mother that comes from God. And how much more does he love us? Ours is just a pale reflection of his love for us, all of us. And I find that very reassuring. And finally, something that I would sense God has been saying to me, lately is just think back about motherhood yes you made lots of mistakes yes you had lots of happy times but it's a bit like that story in the bible of moses where the mother looks after him at home for as long as she can and then she puts him in a little basket and sets him out on the river and it's a bit like that sometimes with our kids there comes a time when they have to move on and do things without your direction and, or interference or whatever you might call it. But you just pray and you put them out there and watch them go down the river. <laughs> Thank you.
7: The song that um, I'm about to sing for you and Graham's about to play... Uh, is written from a daughter's perspective to her mother and she calls her mum on the phone because she wants her mum's advice and I get that because in my early days of mothering myself, I would be ringing up my mum a lot from things like, how do you cook that Dutch soup again to mum, the kids just won't be quiet, what do I do? Um, even just recently when Ethan got his learners, the first thing I wanted to do was just ring my mum. But she's not around anymore. She's changed her address and she's gone to live with Jesus up in heaven. So that leaves me with a bit of a problem about who do I call when I want to celebrate or when I want to talk things through because it's not the same with dad as much as I love him. So I find myself at this point in life actually leaning in way much more to Jesus than I ever had. So when I want to call my mum, I actually get my heavenly hook-up, my line, my hotline to Jesus, and I pour my heart out to him. And um, so I want to acknowledge that for some of us, Mother's Day is a bit tricky because on the one hand, I celebrate my own motherhood, but on the other hand, I'm aware that some of us might be grieving. So as you listen to this song, there's some really important lines about halfway through that I want you to pick up on. And it says that no matter where or when, mum, if your mum's not there Jesus will be and I find that really comforting because while mums are dependable Jesus is way more dependable
8: This morning's been good hey Thank you women for sharing Brilliant wonderful passage in the Bible and it goes like this and speaking of God to His people that are dwelling in Jerusalem it's been hard times but then there's a promise that one day He will come and He will restore and He will build and He will help flourish and God likens Himself to a mother This is what it says. Her children will be nursed at her breasts, carried in her arms, and held on her lap. That is, I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. One of the images we have of God that he comforts like a mother comforts her child. So I wonder if you're here this morning. And you need some comforting, or perhaps some healing, or perhaps just a a bigger thank you. I wonder if you might reach down from beneath your chair, if everyone could do this and take a card that's just next to you. Could you do that now? Because in light of everything you've heard this morning, I wonder if you need to rewrite a Mother's Day card. This time, with even more insight and honesty, maybe for some of you, the best thing you could do this week would be to go away and write a card to a mother that you can't actually deliver it to, but just saying it is right. Maybe for some of you, you need to write a letter expressing some hurts or doing some forgiving or some grieving that would not only be nourishing for you, but pleasing to God that might set you free. Or maybe... You just need to say, again, thank you. But this time, with even more of yourself written in it. Is that all right? So why don't you take away this card this week. And whatever you need to do, whatever God's nudging you in, write another card. You may never post it. You may not be able to, but for some of you, you'll be handed over, maybe with a hug. It's been good being together this morning.